In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Welcome to the Man Card Podcast and our mission to build an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves in changing their world. Males are born. Men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed saying, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That's awesome. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Men on the Arena Army, we We salute salute you. you. We honor you guys for grinding it out in the stress bubble of life. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Man Card Podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our goal from every episode, as you know, is to call you into the arena of manhood, to call you out of the faceless, nameless, worthless, male-dominated bleachers, and to call you up to the absolute best version of you, because when a man gets it, Everyone, Everyone wins. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm here with my good buddy, the right hand man, and the backbone of this podcast, our producer, Dale Culver. What's the word, baby? The word is. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's so good I, to no, be what's here. What's the word was like, how's it going? It, it's, that's the word. I was saying, it's word good up, to be here. Everybody. It's been a long time. I oh, think I, I forgot how to do this. Yeah, we haven't been, we uh, haven't gone live with a interview format for about almost two months. Yeah. It has been a while. They don't know that because we're so proficient at yeah. uploading news. Well, yeah, Solid. backlogging them all. But now, today, there's nothing in the hopper. No. So we have to work. That is that is a true, true that, dog. True that, true if that. If we're going to go with this 90s theme of dumb music. Okay, so uh, what's your man word? I'm going to guess it. Go ahead. Based on our guests today, yes, I'm going to guess endurance. Ooh, that is so good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Am I right? Nope. But I went with Ruck. Oh, are you are you that vanilla? Are you that vanilla? I just was trying to make it I mean, it even that last night I added you. blackberries to my vanilla because vanilla is, like, lame. Oh, you really great. went with Ruck? I wanted to help you, and I what thought if rucker. I went with Ruck, you would actually get it. And uh, you didn't, so. I'm rucking angry right now. Well, I'm yeah. so angry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, talk to me. So you're going to probably read the definition off your phone. Yeah. So so what is it? <laughs> Do you know what it is? It, it's a weighted hike. 
over distance. Yes. How close am I to the it, definition? It is, but the definition is actually the mass of ordinary people or things. And so that is the actual definition, a tightly packed crowd of people. And uh, Okay, that's, we're you're talking about a, in rugby, dude. Find a different definition. But this is what happens you don't plan ahead. But No, I did plan ahead. Yesterday I had this in my head. So, but, no, you guys... The, when, Google. When I'm Siri. Ruck, so a ruck is uh, something that you have to have a lot of endurance for and stamina. And uh, there, you go on this journey that is very arduous. And uh, I just, I didn't do it, but just thinking about it made me tired. So I slept uh, while you guys were out killing it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, men need to ruck it up through life, ruck it out, whatever you, however you want to say it. But life is, I mean, I'm going yeah. right back into that. Stress bubble. I was getting closer to the end where, you know, the kids are graduating out, but I'm going back into it with the five-year-old. And yeah, dude, congratulations on the adoption yeah. finally being finalized. Finally. Oh, congrats. Yeah. congrats. Yeah. It's been a journey, but the yeah. journey has just begun. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like time to still keep the game face on and go, there's many more miles to go. Well, and the thing about uh, that word is that you hit the nail on the head. You chose not to go on the death ruck. I mean, I wanted you to go. You didn't want to go because of the difficulty. But, you know, it's really interesting. Death. It's usually not as difficult as your mind plays it out to make. You could have called it the it. life ruck. We should have done that. But then we would have had 100 people. Right. So that's really good. Hey, so I want to, before we get into our interview today, I want to talk about a couple things. Again, guys, if you have not done so already, get on the Men in the Arena Facebook forum for men. Uh, this group is unbelievable. We have no way of promoting the group other than you. Because it is a closed group, only you can promote it. So get on there. Add your friends. Every time you add 100 guys, we'll send you some swag, one of our books, one of our hats, one of our shirts, something. Also, I am starting a virtual team in the fall. I'm looking for five guys. I've already got a guy from Worcester, Massachusetts, who's on board. Looking for four other guys from around the country and world who are willing to be on this virtual team with me. And so if you're interested, please reach out and let me know. And then also want to let you know that uh, we have our weekend with the Men in the Arena uh, event. And if you want to bring that to your local church, please uh, contact us. We'll help you out. And don't forget, if you haven't done so already, go pick up a copy of the Man Card, Five Characteristics, Separating Men from Boys. Guys, I'll put this book up against any book out there for men. It is the most definitive book on manhood that you will read. And it's simple. It's easy to read. I wrote it for guys that don't read books. So back to the death ruck. So the death ruck covered over 40 miles. And we did it in roughly 36 hours, and that includes spending the night in the wilderness and uh, 6,000 feet of gain, and it was a great time. And the reason why uh, I decided to do the ruck, I listened to a podcast called the Hunt Backcountry Podcast, which is the guys from Exo Mountain Gear, and they do a death ruck every year. They call it a death hike, and this year they did uh, three days and about 92 miles and 21,000 feet of elevation gain. It's insane. It is insane. And so uh, they're, the, and these guys are just going for it. But for me as a 52-year-old guy, their oldest guy was early 40s. For me as a 52-year-old guy, what can I do to challenge myself just to see if I've got what it takes? So I thought, hey, this would be fun. Let's drag some guys into it. So we had a, a great group, and we invited women as well. And we did have one woman show up. Thank God she was our medic. Yeah. And we had a great time. But that's why I did it. And so... I brought two guys on who are on our ruck, and I want to introduce them to you. And we're just going to hang out and and debrief this death ruck. I've been gone for the summer. We've all been doing our things. These guys are out working in the stress bubble of life. And so I want to introduce my friends Jacob Duke and Dallas Rulin. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, taking the time for your schedule. And you still have the 
grass shavings on you from working. So you've been oh, yeah. out there already I, today. I worked this morning. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, Hey, I want to introduce these guys. So Jacob is 32 years old. He's been married to his beautiful wife, Lindsay for two years. And they actually have a baby due in about a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So the Pretty bubble, exciting. the bubble is in front of us. He owns his own landscaping company called Mr. Lawn Care. So welcome Jacob. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks Good. for having me. Hey, I'm excited to have you on here, man. So and then to my left, I have Dallas Rulin. He's 34 years old. His wife, Heather, beautiful wife of 13 years. They have four children, 17, 13, 11, and two. He's a technician for UPS. He always delivers. Oh. How you doing, my man? I'm doing oh. well, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Oh, so hey, let's, let's uh, start real quick. And I'll start with you, Jacob. Just uh, share with our listeners maybe some things about you that you enjoy doing, maybe some things that I did not mention. You know, I just enjoy fishing, hunting, and, and getting outdoors and getting to that quiet place, kind of getting out of the out of the city on the weekends, enjoying time alone or, or with the wife, going on hikes and stuff. And that's why this really appealed to me to go on this hike. And, uh, you know, the sense of accomplishment of accomplishing something and not just like small things like making your bed during the day or something, but, you know, mm-hmm. something that you just kind of lose. You know, you get in that monotony of the average day-to-day thing and you never really have something where you accomplish more than just work and cooking and things like that so that's kind of what when you suggested it to me i thought god that'd be great great sense of accomplishment to get done and you know not knowing if you could finish it and all new country you know i'd I'd only been on half of those roads so that was a blast well and we speak about roads because we are in western oregon where the mountains are covered with timber or logging roads. So single tat track trail, it's it's very difficult to find. I think in our whole journey we had what about a half mile, a mile of single track? Well we had yeah, we had a couple of those. <laughs> we had a couple of those. A little bit of backtracking and moving around mm-hmm. and, and getting around, you know, where yeah. we thought trails were, but they weren't. So. But you know, the thing about the the timber roads that people don't think about is you're walking on rock the whole trip and i remember my feet were getting beat up by some of the the roads just oh, yeah. because of the it's, rock it's not nice like three quarter minus it's like boulder minus it's big stuff and <laughs> it, it will cut you up you know? well yeah we're a single track you're on a very smooth path usually and, and especially if you're in the wilderness a lot of times they're groomed by the forestry department but we were in a place where you know the guys are hauling tr- rock, truck in, rocks in and dumping them and mm-hmm. and so it did it did take a toll on the feet i think which is something to note for the next one so anyway hey so dallas tell us a little bit about your story man uh me i'm midwest boy moved up here 2003 uh met my wife prior to moving up here um had had kids and life is good work at, uh been with ups for 11 years now uh yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, just in the bubble. Yeah, like baby. You say. Well, so now Jacob talked about why the death wreck was appealing to him. You jumped in it real quick. Jacob started out as I'll help you in any way I can. I don't want to do right. the ruck. Well, then he ended up doing the ruck and bringing a buddy. But for you, you were in the whole time. Yeah, for me, it was just it, it's a challenge. It's breaking up that apathy. Uh, your day to day gives you something to look forward to. Uh, that's that's what it was for me. It was something challenging that uh, you could come along other guys and gals in this situation with and uh, just do something hard and accomplish something and say you did it. Uh, yeah. So that's what it was about, or that's what it was for me. And you both had your own kind of obstacles to overcome, and so yours, Jacob, was your weight. You are our biggest guy at 270-ish. Yeah, 275 when I did the 
when I did the rock. And remember, I'd, I'd messaged you like two months before. I said, yeah, you know, I'll be a good support crew. And then <laughs> two weeks later, I messaged you. I said, I, I just can't hold this off anymore. I got to I gotta either do it or not. And, you know, got to almost punish myself for, for not, you know, working hard enough to prepare for this. So. Yeah, and 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 the Dallas yours your your obstacle was our little breaks were smoke breaks for Dallas. Yeah, it, it's a like I said before, it's a gift. I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it, but uh, it works out for some of us. I don't think it'll be that way forever, and I hope not, because the sooner I can get away from that, the better. I'd feel a lot better, put it that way. Well, it was just funny. We're sitting there taking our break, just dying. He's over there smoking a cigarette. We're like, dude, just not a care in the That's world. old school stuff right not there, man. That's yeah. World War Two. That like, was impressive. Combat training. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, so, well, so how did you guys, uh, and I already know the answer to this in part, so I'm kind of <laughs> laughing. How did you train for this? So, I mean, we knew, uh, probably four months in advance, five, maybe six months in advance. Right. What did you guys do to train for this event? So Dallas, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, me, it, uh, as soon as I heard about it, uh, that first morning, I, uh, my first walk was from Carlton to McMenville, which is about 10 miles and uh i just took the back roads just to see how my body would handle it and it, it was actually really easy for me um and then probably the weeks coming up to it there was a couple weeks there that i didn't really do much but i walk a lot at work i, I put in probably at least six miles a day at work and so then getting closer to the ruck uh like the week the weekend right before i took my two-year-old up in the stroller and walk the country roads up there and that that was tough um but yeah. but i i needed to feel some kind of pain or where uh know where my body was at you know up there it's it's easy to do it on flat roads and everything else up there you got hills and rocks and everything else we talked about and so it was a matter of getting uh, almost your legs ankles everything else in in that shape for me anyways how so. much of it did you do weighted did you do a lot of weighted packs? No, uh, literally the last two weeks prior to going, uh, I was getting my pack set and uh, fit to my body really good. And and I I've used that pack before, but it was kind of uh, it, well, it was a lot different. It was for hunting, to where you know you you stop the truck at a place and you may hike a couple miles or something. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It was nothing like this. So this was the first uh, time with that kind of experience, uh, with, with that kind of weight, I think I, yeah, my pack was maybe 30 pounds or something, That's pretty but heavy. for, for my body weight, that's heavy. Yeah, that um, is, that is pretty heavy. So, uh, but it, it felt good I, as far as packs go, it's all in the adjustments. They got to fit your body. And so, uh, yeah, that last week or two getting, uh, coming up to the ruck, that's, that's where I was with my pack is just getting it set and balanced and, but yeah, it, it yeah. felt good. Yeah. I, uh, I probably took about 15 pounds, maybe 18 with water. Yeah. And I did a lot of weighted training at least twice a week. Mm. I only did one hike 10 miles, and so I didn't do anything long, which made me concerned mm -hmm. uh, for this event. And so and I bought a pair of uh, Columbia like hiking shoes. They aren't boots, hiking shoes. And I got about halfway into the train, I realized I can't use these. These hurt my feet. Right. So I'm really thankful for that. And so... Um, so anyway, yeah, so I did do some, a lot of training, uh, cause I knew it was going to be tough for me yeah. at, at the age is a hindrance for me and the weight I'm about two sixty. So Jacob, you're the, you're the big man. How did you train for this? I didn't do a ton of training. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Refresh. You didn't do any training. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> did so you I, do some? Well, I, I check my trail cams every week. So I hike in for that. Yeah. You know, I'm pushing them over all day long. So I'm getting the miles in, um, mm -hmm. 
I bought my pack the night before. Um, <laughs> Walmart, baby. Gotta best, love it. That's I, I found a pair of shoes in the closet that were deemed running shoes, and I thought, well, I'll make a go of it, you know. And uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of prayers the night before, a lot of prayers. And you had that pack on so dang tight. I thought, how does he breathe with uh, that thing? Yeah, I thought, well, it's comfy in the back right now, so we'll see what happens. So. Well, and the funny part is, I mean, this is what people don't realize is that we it wasn't as much aerobic activity as it was more of a long enduring fat burning type of action and and for me the thing that wore me out probably more than anything was probably my feet because I'm not on my feet all the time mm-hmm. you guys live on your feet and so your feet were in a lot better shape in fact Jacob it was funny you threw on these old shoes and you went and bought this backpack. How did you know what to pack? I mean, you've I, never done, you've never backpacked ever, correct? I, I went on Google, Google baby, and, and hit up like, what do you do for a two day pack? And it right. gave it gave me a list, and I followed that thing to a T. And uh, you know, you get on a couple forums, and you're there. All of a sudden, you get you know the wisest guys are throwing out, yeah, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll follow this recipe, and we'll see what happens. Well, and I thought it was interesting because you're a big guy, I'm a big guy, my feet are a big issue. They're a big point of concern for me. I got to really take care of my feet and then my the crotch area. So I got monkey butt uh, powder and then fresh balls is a yep. is a com- mm-hmm. is a name of a, yep. a thing. And so I had that and I was great. Generally speaking, I was great. But you never got a blister. Did you have any chafing issues or anything? No, nothing, nothing. Um, I think Arm and Hammer made a product for me to get rid of the chafing. And then, uh, like I said, with the feet, I just knew that my shoes needed to be soft because if something was going to get beat up. If I had hard shoes like boots or something like that, then my feet would have been the softest point of contact, so they would have got beat up. So I needed to know, like, you know, real soft padded shoes and uh, just let them get beat up over the two days. The only issue I had with that was I got I did get a little wet on that second day. Mm-hmm. We went through yeah. some of those logging roads, and all of a sudden that dew in the morning. So that caught up with me at the very end just a little bit, but now for the most part I was good to go. And so you were wearing basically running shoes. Yep. And then – I was wearing a ankle high. Um, oh, what's the company? Uh, oh my gosh, the Moabs. They make Merrells. Merrells. They make the Moabs. I love the Moabs. I switched over to those. I got soaking wet on the second day because I didn't have enough elevation. But you were wearing Dallas yeah. like work boots, weren't you? What were yeah, you wearing? Yeah, I, uh, I have a pair of Georgia Georgia work boots, and it's it's what I wear every day. And so uh, my feet are used to it. Um, and uh, in the previous weeks coming up to it i tried my uh tennis shoes something softer and my feet ended up getting wet from walking in the dew and stuff and so i wanted something that was somewhat waterproof and even with that second day i think all of us got wet uh whether it be i think with mine it was more wicking uh from my jeans so that's something i'll address probably next year is how to take care of that but uh, yeah, I, I had to have something that uh, I thought was going to be waterproof because I knew if the first day, if my feet had gotten wet like it was the second day, I would have been in some trouble. Yeah, I think gaiters would have been a real help. Yep. Those go up, you know, just below the knee. Right. And they, I think, would have really helped us. Now, I was wearing, I was wearing a First Light's a corget pant, and it's it's a it's a really strong wicking, mm-hmm. and that really helped me to dry fast. But uh, yeah, I had you were wearing Carhartts, some, yeah, and they don't they don't exactly dry fast. They love to wick, and uh, that's what happened. But well, so okay, so what were some critical 
you said you went on Google. They told you what to pack. What are what are what are some things that were in your pack? What did you guys? What did you bring that you, you good or bad or ugly? What are some things you brought? That live straw was awesome. You know, I could cut the water in half um, from what I needed to initially pack, and then just mm-hmm. concentrate on uh, you know filling back up once I got to any of the creeks, which we passed quite a few. So, you know, getting that weight down, and then um, oh, doing the tent with no stakes that was good, and that just using key. some cordage to hang up the middle of it so mm-hmm. keep the mosquitoes off during the night. Those those are kind of the two most important yeah. ones, and then uh, all those mountain house meals. I mean, something. Look, yeah, a, a warm meal at the end of the day that was something to look forward to. So, so the life straw. Did you filter that through, or did you drink it? How did you How did you use it? No. So actually, I, I'd uh, I'd fill up. I had one water bottle bottle that I designated um, to have dirty water in it, and then I could squeeze it out of that through that life straw into my mouth, and it, it worked just fine. So. Okay. Okay. So, and then, and I used iodine tablets. They're just a small little, and I actually, they, those work great for me. They're super lightweight. I just filled up the bladder, and I and I use a platypus bladder. I brought two of those, and that worked really great for me. And the night we we camped, I was able to fill one up with water to use for my mountain house meals. And I actually did two meals because I'm a bigger guy. Did you do two meals as well? No, I just did one. Did you? Yep. Oh man, I needed to get the energy in there. <laughs> but but the morning of. I told you I ran to Winco, grabbed a bunch of bagels because I thought, well, quick carbs and they're pretty, yes, they're pretty right. light. So Bag of bagels. I did. What the heck? I did. I was like in it three bucks, and it gave me so much quick energy. Yes, why not? You know what? That reminded me. I did an elk hunt uh, in '09. I backpacked into Hell's Canyon for four days, so I was the only shooter. I had four buddies with me, and none of them had really had. Well, two of them had never really backpacked. One of them backpacked in with a gallon of milk. A gallon of milk. That's insane. And then I'd climb Mount Whitney in a day. So 22 miles, 6,000 feet of gain in one day, up and back. And I took a guy with me, and he showed up, and he did that. I can't believe he did this. He literally took a gallon of red vine licorice and carried the gallon of licorice the whole way. Yeah, I, so when I, I, I had that. I had yeah. thoughts of the when I saw your uh, when I, I saw your bagel, I thought, oh, but it makes sense. So what else did you pack in your your pack? Uh, let's see here. Oh, a couple changes of socks because those are pretty important. Um, oh, a pretty light, uh, oh, pretty light blanket uh, just for the night. Other than that, kept it all pretty simple. You know, so no d- sleeping bag. No, no, just a, a little blanket to cover me because I knew I, I knew I'd be in that sleeping bag or be in the uh, tent, so I'd have a little bit of a uh, mm-hmm. you know a little bit of protection there. So it mm-hmm. got cold. We did get wet that night. It rained. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It. And unfortunately, I had my stuff outside, not thinking it would rain, and I got a little bit had an issue. I thought bit. about that when I walked by, because I actually walked by your camp when I was uh, when I was getting water. I thought, ah, I bet that stuff gets wet in the morning. We're kind of close to the kind of close to the ocean. Yeah, when I had a, t- so I used a hammock, yeah. which I'd never done that before, which I probably shouldn't have done it, but I knew it was summertime and it would be warmer. Yeah. And then I draped a tarp over the hammock, and so I was warm and I was dry the whole night and very comfortable. Because my back contoured to the hammock, which for a big guy, that's a, I have a hard time sleeping on the ground. So that was really good for me. And, uh, but the, the, the weather, I had my stuff out in the open. And so now what, did, now Dallas, how about you? What did you do for water? Uh, for my water, I started out with, uh, the camelback and then I had another container, uh, one of the hydro flasks, which is kind of heavy. I don't think I'd go with that again, but, uh, had that full of water as well. Um, I also had a life straw. Uh, I ended up yeah, stealing iodine tablets from you. That's just, uh, for me, that's the way to go. Uh, super quick and easy. Um, 
And I, actually, the first time we stopped, the water was so clean, and I wouldn't recommend it, but I've done it so many times hunting yeah. up here. I just uh, filled my bladder up, and I was fine. Yeah. So you just make sure the water's, you know, you got the water's moving. And I yeah. filled mine up, and I was fine with that. Well, but, and we're up in upper Oregon at rain. Yeah, that water's awesome. so good. It's it the best water in the so world. so cold and good. So one of the things, you know, I, I'm on several forums with guys that backpack. Mm-hmm. And so every guy's got the one little thing they bring that kind of is their secret. So I'm going to share mine. And then if you guys have one thing you thought this was this was something I'm really, really excited I brought, maybe not everybody brought that. So here's my one thing. I brought a an empty bottle, a quart bottle of Gatorade. Mm. Now, let me explain. So for day one, it was great because on day one, I used that bottle to get water out of the river and pour it into my bladder. So I'm keeping so it's pure instead of getting all the gravel and gr- grunge in there. So I used that, and I would use that to drink out of, you know, I'll put as it just was another extra quart of water I could carry. But at night, so I'm a big guy, and I'm 52 years old, so at night it's my pee bottle. <laughs> only the di- only day one. <laughs> I don't use it for water day two. But so for me, instead of having to crawl out of the sleeping bag, or if I'm in a hunting situation, if it's freezing cold or it's raining, crawling out of the sleeping bag, crawling out of the tent, crawling out of the hammock, I just roll over and do my business and throw it out and keep going right. so it's about a quarter night i i will usually urinate and so i that to me that has been a lifesaver for me when i'm in the wilderness and when i'm packing it really helped me so for me that empty bottle of gatorade is a lifesaver so and i th- let me stress <laughs> i do not drink out of it after night one <laughs> yeah well <laughs> did you guys bring anything like that something that you think well this is a trick i did and it really worked out for me I really didn't have any the, trick items. The anti-chafing oh, little deodorant stick oh. that Arm & Hammer makes. And that thing was see, awesome. I, you I, used a, it was a deodorant stick. Yeah, it was like it looked like a little deodorant yeah. stick. Yeah. That thing was worth its weight in gold. And for me, I just don't sweat. It's a gift. It's a That's gift. it. I don't I don't chafe. I don't blister. It's a specimen. I don't do I'm yeah. I, I, you know, specimen. Yeah. The smoking must dry out <laughs> yeah. his skin enough to where it doesn't matter. Good old boom hour. Yeah, you say that, and my buddies in the Midwest are going to, yeah, they'll be laughing about that. Oh. Well, you know, it's interesting that the chafing can really ruin. Mm-hmm. That can hunt, break you. Oh, because it, it, that is, and I noticed that Dallas, that first day we did 25 miles. We were trying to figure out, we were looking at where we were going to go, and uh, we went, we went about 25 miles the first day and about 15 the second day. It's rough. And, uh, and I noticed that. I was starting to chafe, mm-hmm. and I realized a couple things. And here's one of the things I learned. I don't know if you experienced this. I need to apply that monkey butt powder or the gold bond or the arm and hammer. I need to do that multiple times throughout the day. And then I ended up, we'll talk about our feet here. I got blisters. And I think the reason for me as well was I was not changing out my socks. Right. And so changing out my socks and then putting the powder on, I mean, what did, what did, you, what did, what did you guys how, what did you guys think about blisters or chafing? What do you think about that? I, I think socks would be, yeah. I, I When we go to do this again, I, I will have multiple socks. That's going to be the one thing that just, yeah, I, I love the idea of at least being able to swap them midday, if nothing else. Because, yeah, that uh, 25, 26 miles, whatever it was, that got rough. The last seven miles was rough. I remember walking with you, Jim, and... Uh, we were just kind of looking at each other going, man, it's got to be close, like where we're going to set up camp or whatever, because this is getting long. It, it got brutal. Well, and we were walking, it was downhill. Yes. And it was brutal because your feet, that, the downhill for me was 
tougher on my feet. Yeah, it was tough on my shins more than anything. Start getting shin splints and all that, and yeah, it's it's just not a happy place. I'll tell you. <laughs> How about you, Jacob? Yeah, that chafing that would have been the biggest issue. I I knew that we all probably had the stamina to to mm-hmm. wrap up, but yeah, you start getting those little things like that chafing. Whew. Yeah, that could that could wad you up. That could end it. You yeah, know? and I I did not think I thought the physical demand would be painful, and maybe. 6,000 feet of gain. In Western Oregon, it's hard to get much more out of it. Mm. But we didn't have as much gain. And maybe that's why my body didn't feel as beat up. But uh, when when little things like that start going south, it, it goes south real fast. Right. It's a matter of definitely staying on top of it. If you, and it's, yeah, before, if you're already feeling something like that, it's too, I mean, you better start putting the stuff on because you're already too late. you're already behind yeah that is true so, when yeah. we took our first break at six miles i knew we had it because you said hey we're already six miles in we're going all right we could actually we could do this thing you know mm-hmm. and the six miles is uphill yeah the, the yeah. whole time and so yeah. we did those first 12 we knocked those out real fast then it was time for dallas to eat yeah then <laughs> you're fading yeah, yeah. I, yeah so the I, little guys the big guys we got all sorts I, of reserves yeah, yeah we were fine we had stuff in every <laughs> pocket man i'm down to 248 258 <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. there you yeah. go i had to hammer down one of those mountain houses midday my body was just you were looking nope. rough yeah i was saying nope and i i knew as soon as i ate i'd be fine i just needed to get some calories and i was burning a lot so you so what'd you guys use for cooking what were your what'd you do what'd you do i had a little uh I don't. It's not a jet boil, but it's like one as far as little uh, hiking stove, uh, and I just got it from Walmart or whatever. I mean, pretty pretty simple. Is that the Sterno? I, you know, I'm not they sure make what a brand Primus it is. There yeah. too. So I'm not actually no. I got that one from Big Five. But either either way, it's just a little fold up one it hooks to uh, your fuel can, and uh, I got some little pots uh, that I boil my water in, and then yeah, throw it in the mountain house, and then. Uh, in between those, I use uh, uh, granola bars or anything like that. So. Oh, wow. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break real quick. We'll come back to Jacob. Take 30 seconds. The Man Card Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's building an army of men who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. The war to change your world is epic. Every battle counts and every man in the arena matters. So get in the game by joining our closed Facebook forum for men called The Men in the Arena. There, you'll lock arms with men from all around the world who are stepping up as their best version. What is a man? What does he do? How does he live? When does he know when he's crossed over from male to man? The lines defining manhood have become blurred, and guys today are more confused than ever. That's why I wrote the man card, five characteristics separating men from boys. Guys, you're going to love this book. Go to the Great Unforgot app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. No book written defines manhood in such a way as this. I'll put the man card next to any book ever written on the topic. Yes, I believe it's that good. In the man card, I expose several myths of manhood and draw a line in the sand between men and males. This book will change your life. Guys, thank you so much for jumping into the arena with us today and championing the greatest battle of our time. Become your best version. Join the fight to change your world because when you get it, everyone wins. So, Jacob, what did you use for your cooking? Oh, I used that jet boil. Yeah, that worked real nice. So an actual jet boil, the company? Yeah, yeah the actual the actual one. Yeah, Chris had it with him. So, yeah, that was kind of nice. We 
we'd planned a little bit the night before he came over and it was kind of like well what do you have in your pack what do you have in your pack so kind of built up a little bit so did you collaborate then yeah a little bit on on he packed a little bit more food and stuff than i did uh he eats quite a bit more than i do so yeah well i think that's really important too and when I'm, if you're in a situation you're packing into somewhere, whether it's for hunting or just enjoyment, it makes so, no sense to pack double gear. Well, and that's what I think Dallas and I had talked about it before. Uh, we went on the ruck and I said, Hey, I got the, um, I got that life straw. And so he cut his water in half as well. And yeah, you know, even things like, like first aid kits and whatnot, you know, you kind of need one for the group or one amongst five of you and stuff. So it's, there's no point in everybody packing one of those. So yeah, kind of lightening up everybody's loads a little bit. Well, which brings me to something I probably, I brought that might've been a lifesaver for others. I brought uh, two strips of moleskin and uh, for mm-hmm. blisters. And then we actually had a, a woman on our trip, Emily Thompson, and she was a lifesaver. She worked in the wilderness. She did wilderness training with young young people for years she's very very skilled in great shape yeah she's amazing and i think she's a wilderness emt so she really i mean she was cutting those those little you know moleskin uh, patches and putting a little hole in the middle and putting it on my blisters and just really kind of taking care of all the guys and she was a, a gift yep. so it was great but it seemed like nobody brought the moleskin except for me right which is fine but it just seemed like yeah. that was a lifesaver for some of the guys especially chris Yes. You yes. want to talk about Chris a little bit? Because he was really, really impressive, but his story is very unique. Yeah. Um, Chris got injured when he was in Iraq. Um, I think it was 2007 or 2008. Uh, he was blown out of the second story of a building anyway, landed on a metal bar, uh, messed up his back pretty bad, and uh, still managed to want to come on the trip, which was uh, which was just like two weeks before. He'd said, hey, you know, I got the time, so let's do this thing. And he knew it was going to be a struggle. He still talks about what a struggle it was, but yeah, it was great to great to have him along. And uh, yeah. he was just his 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 endurance. I mean, his his willpower to yeah, I'm going to finish everything I start. And he was struggling there at the end. You know, that was he's definitely having some issues. He was struggling at the middle. <laughs> he was struggling at the middle. Well, he was not injured in the war. He was wounded. Yeah, I mean he he's got a real bad situation of stenosis where he's got sciatica. And a lot of back pain, and uh, he was doing okay. And then those feet, he hadn't trained for it either. I think you talked him into it last minute. Yeah, yeah, like a couple of weeks before, I'd say because we we go together to check on trail cams and and uh, do some hunting together and whatnot. So, yeah, I told him I was doing this a couple of weeks before. Just uh, when they came over for dinner, him, his wife, and his kids, and I, oh yeah, I want to do that too. All right, let's do this thing, you know. So. He's the guy that always finished the way he starts, but yeah, was, he was definitely hurting. Well, and that was what that's that was impressive. He, you know, you could tell the guy had a level of fitness inherently. He was lean, he was tall, he looked fit, but his back was just so messed up. You know, and and I think the limp, as the limp got more and more pronounced, it caused blisters, and then he had chafing issues. I mean, he was. I mean, when I watched him, when we were waiting in the shuttle bus, because you guys are about. 10 or 15 minutes out after we had finished, maybe longer. I watched him in the, because you were walking with him, just making sure, you know, he, you know, you know, no one left behind. And he was, he was in so much pain. It was, it was painful to watch. Hurting. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I was really impressed because 
those are the kind of finishes that 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 will get you through life finishing strong yeah right? definitely and so definitely. that was really impressive very inspiring with yeah very much very 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 much so then we also tell the story of uh ryan and his son that's uh, kind of a fun story <laughs> yeah well ryan uh he had some prior obligations. He had planned on making the whole trip. wasn't able to uh, last minute. He ended up, uh, him and his son uh, hiked up on the after the first day. About I think he said thirteen, 12, yeah, thirteen miles, something like that. Um, and we had left signs out for him uh, as far as we we had an idea of where we were planning on stopping that first night. Didn't didn't quite make it that far. Um, Ryan ended up passing us about I think midnight. Uh, with this boy and didn't know it was us because um, he had came up a different way and so we ended up catching up with him that next morning um, which was it, it was good uh, it was nice to have him uh, on the uh, back side of it second half that, w- that was good I think he enjoyed it so yeah it, I mean and his son was fired up his, his son <clears throat> was then, fired up and we got that first mile in the morning and he was sleeping in the Subaru the whole time yeah we had a trail her. car yeah, he called her a day after that. Yeah, <laughs> so we had Emily's husband, Rich. Uh, we wanted a guy to kind of drive and just make sure we were okay and and a kind of a support port, port vehicle. Rich was and awesome. actually, Rich was great and uh, was very very helpful. And I think oh, yeah. that was a wise move on our part to have a guy there. And it was ironically mm-hmm. or interestingly, when we slept the first night, you know, he had that big open I don't know the Subaru Outback or something. Yep. And Emily refused to sleep with him. I know that, that's just her. It seemed like throughout the whole thing, I I'd never met her before in my life. But man, she is tough, tough, yeah, tough gal. I, I woke up the next morning. Most, I mean, you, I had a hammock. You guys had tents. I walked mm-hmm. out and it was raining in the morning. And and I look in this kind of rut on the side of the road, and I'm like, what the heck is that? And she had just thrown a mat down and covered herself with a tarp and went right to sleep. And that was it. Yeah. Dang, yeah. that woman. Yeah, so tough. she was great to have on our trip, and I really did appreciate her. So so next year, mm-hmm. what are you going to bring on the ruck next year, if you do it, that would be different than this year? I'm going to do all the same. It was great. <laughs> no, nothing's going to change. Probably the same old shoes. Probably the same old socks. <laughs> yeah, it was It was a blast. I enjoyed every minute of it. I just, it's just, impre- I don't, I don't know how he pulled that off without. I don't either. He's an animal. Remember, yeah, remember no a couple idea. days before you're like, oh yeah, you talk a big game now. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be talking a big game when it's over too. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> I remember you guys a couple days before, uh, talking about, uh, running at the end. How did that work out? Well, hey, you were there at the end when oh, I ran. Yes, oh, he ran. Yeah, he did. I did. He I ran. <laughs> I did. Now, I didn't have to race him because I was already there because yeah. he was walking with his buddy. But right, right. he did. He finished strong, man. I was I was impressed, man. I I was impressed. I know. I, know. I mean, and, and, and you can't judge on when a guy finishes in the ruck nope. because I noticed like with Emily, she'd walk back with the back and, and make sure that some of the guys were okay. And she'd walk in the front and yep. whatever. And you were walking with your buddy. So you can't go with that. No. But uh, it was just impressive that you could just get off your lawnmower and then do this thing. I mean, and- I just, wow. Maybe that's the beauty of being 34 as opposed to 52. <laughs> 32. Yeah. 32. Yeah. 30 20 years right, different. Yeah. I could be your son. I could be your son. I could be your father. I'm your father. <laughs> you built like me. So anyway, so what would you do differently next year? Oh, man. Well, the iodine tabs for sure. Uh, it's something I'll be doing actually from here on out. There's just, there's no reason to take the risk not in doing it. Um, I, yeah, everything else. I, I got the bivy sack idea from uh, the Duke night prior. We were texting each other and 
he said, yeah, lose your, lose your poles to your tent and save a few pounds. And I thought, man, that's a good idea. And it uh, doubles as a mosquito net. So that worked well. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, maybe, maybe a few less mountain houses. I thought I was going to be a lot more hungry and I really wasn't. Um, I, I found that, uh, the granola bars and stuff like that are, uh, they work a lot better when you're in that kind of a situation. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't take a whole lot of time to stop. And maybe that's something we need to look at next year is maybe stop a little more often and uh, do change socks and stuff like that. It seems like a recipe that worked for the guys who did the long hike. So I don't know. It, it's just stuff like that. Looking forward, how, uh, how we can approach it. This was our first time. We had no idea. So we we're just, yeah. you know, go for it. Well, you mentioned tent poles. Mm -hmm. I was the only guy that brought trekking poles. Yeah. So is that something that you guys would consider next year? No? No for you, Jacob? No, I I wouldn't. Um, Like I said, there wasn't a lot that I'd change on it. Yeah. uh, I'd I'd do trekking poles uh, for for their weight. And uh, the downhill, it it would make a difference for me. But uh, just shin splints and... Yeah, knees and all that. But. Well, and there are a lot of tent systems out there that include yes. trekking poles. Yeah, uh, so you could du- you could have a double purpose with that as well. So I would I will do that again. One thing I, one thing that really hurt me the blisters I was expecting, and I've lived with blisters before. And foot blisters are annoying, but they aren't deal breakers like chafing or something like that. Well, this isn't a deal breaker either. It's just a nightmare. But what got me was the night we stopped. I was making dinner. I took my shoes and socks off. And I had these bugs landing on my feet and ankles, and they looked like almost like I don't know beetles. They were they were there was a mosquito, and it wasn't a nosema, some bug I'd never seen before. And I thought, oh, it's just a little bug. Those things ate me alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was scratching my ankles for three weeks afterwards. I mean, it was brutal. I don't know what they were, but I would definitely next time wear like a crock mm-hmm. or some kind of shoe to protect the outside of my feet. Uh, for sure next time and i and i did bring the two pairs of socks but i would rotate them more often for sure right for me for me yeah even if they're not new socks if you had two or three pair that you just rotated to where they stayed dry i think that would be massive yeah absolutely well here and i and i went with a long sleeve wool shirt Mm. a merino wool and i i am so glad i did that because it wasn't luckily it wasn't super hot or sunny Mm -hmm. but it just really protected me it kept me cool it got my neck my neck was covered so for me that worked out really well do you guys have any what do you guys do for clothing on upper body i just did a i just did shorts and a t-shirt and kept it pretty simple and then i i packed uh some nicer clothes for the for the night you know i packed a long sleeve and a a set of sweatpants what'd you do for a jacket did you bring a jacket no no jacket yeah, I, I had a rainproof jacket, something super light. Uh, as far as a uh, shirt, it was just regular cotton shirt, if I remember right. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, just short sleeve. I knew it was going to be probably pretty warm. And it, the first day was, second day was awesome with yeah. that marine layer that set in. And yeah. Really made that morning nice. But I had a Uncompadre's uh, a puffy jacket made, uh, made by First Light called mm-hmm. their Uncompadre, and I used that as a pillow at night. And I thought I would, I thought it would be cooler. But it really wasn't. I probably did not need that. And I did not bring a rain jacket because that one is a little bit water resilient. And so that was okay. So so how about this? So we did 40 miles. On the front end of the 40 miles, to me, it was daunting. I was like, okay. Mm. Because I've never done the distance in that short of time. 
But next year, I'm thinking something a little different. What are you guys thinking next year? What should we do next year as far as distance and gain? What are you? What are your thoughts, Jake? You know, if we could add a little bit to day two, that'd be good. I thought we had a you know a decent amount of downhill or whatnot. If we could end up in a different location, maybe add five to seven miles to it. Mm-hmm. I think we. What time do we wrap up? About. We were done by one. Yeah, yeah. We could we could add a few more miles and get a little bit more uphill on that day too. Yeah. So it was, you know, the my GPS said we climbed seventeen hundred feet that day, but we were going downhill the whole time. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I I slid down. Like I said, I wore shorts both days. I slid down to some sting and nettle about the middle of day two. So that was yeah, that's right. That was the only part where I wasn't loving life. You know, it was okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I th- what do you think, Dallas? As far uh, as next year, uh, next year, I uh, when for wrapping it up, I think it needs to be at some kind of burger joint. <laughs> that's you we were, not not we a were, mini market for a shell station. Man, no, yeah, and that's <laughs> not that's a lot. Where we, we were. <laughs> that's all we could talk about the second day. Just oh man, we're gonna have a hamburger or something. That's all Five I want. Guys and fries, dude. I'm telling oh. you. And so yeah, we ended up there in Blaine, and uh, you're limited. As far as food choices, I did so. have a burger, but it was one of those yeah, yeah. microwave it, and it was disgusting. I had a Shell Station hot dog on a wheel. I mean, it was it wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like you're trying to find a good meal, and it's like there's nothing here because yeah. we're in nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that but, is for sure. Yeah, we're talking about going to Camp 18, which would be 74 mm-hmm. miles. Uh, I've got a guy on the podcast coming soon, uh, and I'm I'm thinking even maybe rim to rim Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. I know that'd be tough for the local guys, but that would be epic. I mean, that would be a once in a lifetime that event. That would be amazing. So, so, but I think definitely something more difficult. We, I mean, if we we know we can do the forty, right? So oh, yeah. let's go. Yeah, let's go bigger down. and let's see what happens. And so, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think we need to figure that out. So what what was it about the death ruck this year that that um, you appreciated as far as getting to know? Uh, everybody else did was there a relational thing that you thought okay i bonded here because of this event with somebody yeah for well for me the only one i really knew jim was you yeah. uh, i mean jake jacob and i had met a few times in our meetings but uh that that's what was kind of cool is uh you, you had time to uh hike with almost each person and just kind of have you know a uh, shoot uh hour and a half two hour conversation about mm-hmm. uh life or whatever and uh, I remember actually when I'm talking to uh, Emily and we we're talking about uh, just uh, think of the pioneers that came over, you know, walking through this kind of uh, foliage and stuff. And how how could you, you know, without the roads and stuff, because we we had just gotten through going back country, literally off the roads because our road ended and uh, that was tough. And so doing that, think, you know, clear through Oregon. Uh, that would be it just you have a you have a new respect for uh those guys uh, mm-hmm. uh you know on the frontier and whatnot but yeah so it, it was just fun getting to know each person uh and their story and stuff like that on the way yeah yeah jacob how about you the same thing getting to know everybody i really enjoy getting to know emily mm-hmm. a ton um her skills, her knowledge that that was just amazing. The do's and the don'ts, and and why why she was doing even with that moleskin, you know, yeah. cutting those little circles to surround the blister but not on it, and and for somebody who hadn't really done any hiking, just kind of you know the hunting but not hiking to hike, mm-hmm. uh, just getting that knowledge. And yeah, and everybody, I mean, morale was always great. You know, you were sometimes you weren't liking the hike, but you were liking everybody else. Yeah, and that was yeah, it was nice. Well, you know. 
I know that these buddies that do the uh, death hike, it's an all guy thing. But I, I, my thought is, if a woman wants to do it, then let's get her in the game. You know, if a guy, I mean, we, you know, we have a mutual friend, our, our doctor of sound here, Pat George, his wife mm-hmm. could have crushed that thing. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of women out there that would crush that event. And so if there are women listening or husbands listening, hey, man, make it a husband-wife thing. My wife could have done that with her eyes closed. Yes. She could have done that very, very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it would have made sleeping in the hammock a little bit better. Right. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, why not? So if, if there, and, and if you're a guy out there, what would you say to guys who are listening to this going, you know what? I'm not in shape. I don't work out. I don't. I couldn't pull it off. What would you say, Jacob? I'd say I'm not in shape, and it, it was all about you know. I set my goals. I told you right off the bat. I set my goals that I'd take all the noise out, everything that with my business and everything else, and I was just gonna. I wanted that weekend to accomplish one goal. You know, to finish that hike, to have that sense of achievement, to get all the noise out of my head, mm-hmm. and you know if if. I think anybody would have the stamina to do it. If I could have the stamina to do it and, I, and my prep was very, very minimal, then, yeah, if you're listening, you probably have what it takes to do it. Just set your goals at, at things you want to accomplish outside of that mentally. What do you want to accomplish between the beginning and the end? You know. Yeah, we've got a year. We're a year out. So a guy could totally do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. Guy, so, Dallas, what would you say to a guy who's really wondering if they could do it right now? Uh, start small. Uh, you know, if you're – if you're not used to walking or anything like that, first night, take a lap around your block. You know, just start small, and uh, you'll be amazed how fast uh, you get the miles behind you. And it's just, it's so peaceful, quiet. Uh, you can clear your mind. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're questioning whether you can do it or not, just get out and do it. That's it. Just get out and do it. Yeah, and I, I was the oldest guy there by far. And I would just say, hey, uh, the younger you are, uh, you might be able just to wing it and fling it, yeah. but at 52 years old, you can't wing it and fling it. Mm-hmm. But you can do this event. It, you can do it. Get out there, train, uh, prepare. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jacob, what you did that set you apart there was you did the research and got on the forums, and you you knew what to bring and what to expect, even though you weren't necessarily a guy who physically trained a lot for it. And I would just tell these older guys, get out there and train and set a goal. And that's the beauty of this ruck is that you can set a goal and you can work towards that goal for a year or six months, and it mm-hmm. gives you something to shoot for. I've got friends that are my age that go do races and they do different things because they need that goal to get that next level. Many of us are living in sedentary jobs, and so we need to have that. So, uh, hey, what did you learn about uh, yourself on this ruck? What did you walk away with? It's a tough question. Uh I, it was just a matter of, I guess, not really learning anything about myself, but just finishing it, you know, finishing strong. That's one of the steps. Yeah, just uh, anything you start, finish it up. I don't, yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of along that same path. For me, it was, uh, you know, realizing that this was just one weekend, and it was something that mm-hmm. I looked forward to so much, and afterwards it felt like such a sense of accomplishment. So mm-hmm. you start looking at other aspects of your life and you go gosh how mundane is the rest of my life if all of a sudden this weekend was so symbolic and so big like i need to have more of this you know so it was a big monument for you personally. It, was a, it was a big yeah. eye opener it was like yeah i need more of this in my life yeah, yeah. No, that's really good man I, for me it was good. wow uh what seemed daunting was not only easy ish but enjoyable and uh i guess for me what i learned is age is not just a number but it kind of is if you stay in shape, if you keep looking forward, if you're committed to finishing, 
you can be that 50-year-old guy with the 30-year-old guys and you can do okay. And and I think there is that element for our older guys who may say, hey, I'm too old for this. No, just get get in the game, get out of the bleachers. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't want to do the 40-mile death wreck next year. Mm-hmm. I want to do something bigger bigger you gotta go bigger <laughs> i don't i mean i'm like hey i'm hey let's go to the next mountain let's do something longer let's do something yep. tougher uh let's let's let me maybe next year we go over to the pch and we yeah. we do that for a, a big section or maybe we you know hit the rim to rim or let's do something or maybe we do the you know we went from the willamette valley to the coast of oregon maybe we just extend it out mm-hmm. or, or i don't know i'm just thinking let's let's find something that's going to be that the Duke's gonna have to train for and buy yeah. new shoes. Oh. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> those 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 uh, those A six are sitting in the closet. Yeah. He's got a sharpie. He wrote on there yeah. next year, baby. Next year. <laughs> he wrote on the heels. Just you and see me. See you. Yeah. See you later on the heels, so we can see his feet. Ruck only. Oh, fuck <laughs> you, baby. Okay, so uh, yeah, that is too funny. So, well, guys, I want to end with uh, one last question. We like to end our podcasts with this question, and so here at the Man Card Podcast and uh, the man card book uh five characteristics separating men from boys i identify five things that separate men from males five things that really make a man our man card so this is what a man is he's a man who protects integrity fights apathy pursues god passionately leads courageously and finishing strong of those five characteristics of manhood which one resonates with you today the most and why uh, for me, it's definitely fighting apathy. It's it's easy to uh, be in your mundane job, come home, not want to do anything. Where uh, that's you know that that should be the biggest. Uh, it's your family time. It should be the most important, mm. and mm-hmm. it's the most or it's the easiest to uh, kind of push to the side. That that's what I fight the hardest. And uh, doing this death rock, it was uh, that, that was a lot of it. Uh, you're out there uh, training, looking forward to something. You're you're pushing yourself. You're getting out of that mon- mundane life, and uh, yeah. So it, for me, it would be fighting apathy for sure. I think next year we're gonna have a smoke-free Dallas Ruland. I, you know, that's uh, a goal. He'll ha- actually it wouldn't be. It will be a break, break, not a smoke break. Yeah, that's a goal. <laughs> we can all shoot. For I it. think I'll shoot for like a 240 Jim Ramos. <laughs> so drop a few pounds. So I'll, so I'll say, hey, last year's pack and my weight. It's all the same this year. Yeah. So anyway, how about you, Jacob? Um, for me, it's it was definitely the integrity, you know, um, being who I am. Like I said, from the second message to you and saying, no, I'm not that guy that's going to be the support crew. I'm going to be that guy that, mm-hmm. you know, is going to actually do this and, and almost punish myself if I didn't work hard enough to be a part of it. You know, um, being able to walk with Chris and do things like that, it was just really enjoyable, you know, even if it wasn't finishing first, but being able to finish with your friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Having the integrity to be that person, just go. That's that's who I've always wanted to be, you know. Well, I'm just I was impressed by you. You impressed me, mm-hmm. and I'm from an older guy to a younger guy. I don't want to sound condescending, but I'm proud of you. Oh, uh, thank you, you. You kicked its behind, and uh, and how you tra- treated your uh, war veteran, wounded war veteran yep. Chris through that was epic, and just staying behind him, and so. Uh, great job on that. So early, I'm proud of you, man. So, hey guys, thanks so much for coming on our show today. That wasn't so tough, was no, it? No, so, that thanks for having us. Wasn't so that tough. Was, that was fun. Anyway, it's like you guys are like working, man. It's like, oh, dude, I want to come on this podcast, but you guys, you guys just crushed it. So, nice. thanks so much for coming on our show, sharing your wisdom, experience, and knowledge with all of our men in the arena, and for being a great man in the arena yourself. So, guys, you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast.
podcast. Changing your world is the toughest thing that you'll ever do. Tougher than the death rock. We want to help you in your battle to be a better man. So here are three simple ways to encourage you in your world-changing journey. First thing, guys, is this. Enlist. Go check out all of the free resources we offer men. Uh, check out and download our free app, The Great Hunt for God. It has our messages, blogs, training videos, Bible app, and life-changing links to the world of The Great Hunt for God. Second, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the Man Card Podcast. Share it with your friends. We have some life-changing episodes on here. we got some guys coming on in the next four months that are going to blow your mind. We literally have world changers, guys that are changing the literal world, coming up very, very soon. And lastly, join the Men in the Arena closed Facebook forum for men where you'll be with men from all around the world, thousands of men interacting on a daily basis. Number two, invest. Go to our gear page on the app or website and invest in our resources that will help you become your best version. And the third thing, guys, is change your world. Get involved in championing the causes you care about. Get involved with the Great Hunt for God. Give to this organization. We are a nonprofit 501c3. Help us out there or give to the causes that you care about. Serve in your community. Get involved in your church. Lead a life that is worthy of to be called a man. Join and build us an army man in the arena who are becoming the best for themselves and changing their world because when a man gets it, everyone, everyone wins. Feel the weight of being a man. Feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Smell the armpits of those who are finishing the death wreck. Well, don't do it on purpose. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out and be a man. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of you, then join the thousands of men around the country on our closed Facebook forum called The Men in the Arena. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. Also, make sure you ask about our newest equipping opportunity called The Man Card Weekend with The Men in the Arena. Let us inspire the men of your organization to become the best version of themselves today. And don't forget to purchase a copy of Jim's new book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. This is the best book out there that defines what a man is and does. In it, Jim combines his master storytelling abilities with his no-holds-barred style, distinguishing between men and boys. If you want to keep your man card, then pick up a copy of this life-changing book today. Simply go to the Great Hunt for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to this episode, the Man Card Podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, join our army and become the best version of you. Get in the arena. Let the world feel the full weight of who you are. Grind it out. Be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.